Good day, magnificent misfits. Oh, I like that. I'm Kale. And I'm Kate. Welcome to Horrorwood. <laughs> that was pretty good. Thank you. just like silently praising yourself and giving a thumbs up. I know. I literally gave a thumbs up to be like, look, I've been practicing it. It's getting so much better. And I've gotten all the R's in the correct spot. Yes, it was great. I was praising myself. I liked it. Hi, everybody. So happy holiday weekend. This is our Labor Day episode, which is the unofficial start of fall, which means it's the unofficial start of spooky season. I'm so excited. I'm already watching horror movies. Before we started recording, Kaylee, I was watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I've actually never seen it. Well, I haven't either. And I just can't imagine doing that at like, I don't know, what time did you watch it in the afternoon? Well, I didn't finish it because I was like, oh, it's time to log on. But oh, okay. <laughs> um, but, but no, it's, it's I waiting for you. The it is. is waiting. It is. And I cannot wait. I this is my favorite time of year. This is a, a fabulous time of year. And you know what I, I think is great? For all you laborious people, which let's be honest, everybody works pretty much, even if you I mean, don't have if like- if you're lucky enough to have, to be employed right now, yes. True, true. But even even if you're out there seeking something, you are still working. Yep. I just feel like Labor Day kind of is a day for everyone. And as Katie Kate said, Katie Kate, oh, that's a <laughs> cute little nickname. It starts this special season of Spook. It's the best. Listen, I don't drink carb. No, car- car- spicy. Lo- the pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. I don't drink those because it's just too sweet. Okay, but hold on. Okay. Because, and maybe things have changed over time. Oh, you're going to bring up, I know what you're going to bring up. That the one. The caramel apple oh. spice cider, whatever. Which I had a phase. I couldn't even drink it. And I can handle a little Lots more of- sweeter than you. Oh my God. God, I took one sip and I was like, I just got five cavities. Because it reminded me of a caramel apple and I really used to love those. But I was in a phase for about, I don't know, I think that lasted like two years. It was long enough. It was long enough to make me never want a sweet drink after. So to this day, I cannot know sweet like anything, any drinks. I Coca-Cola classic every once in a while because I love a Coca-Cola classic with a slice of pizza. Coca-Cola classic needs to sponsor us because you have given them a shout out in pretty much every episode. There's something really special about it. What can I say? Do you hear that Coca-Cola classic? I just wanted to talk about the spook factor that Katie has already mentioned and the fact that there's something about well, all months. I love something about all months, but October especially. Oh, October is the best. I feel like Labor Day is the kickoff, even though technically it's still summer. But in my opinion, it's fall. And right. September is just pre-October. So basically, <gasps> it's it's October, guys. Like pre-tober. Do you get trick-or-treaters at your place? Yes. You guys get trick-or-treaters? Oh, yeah. We okay. are a full-size bar <gasps> household here. 
We don't fuck around. Oh, I'm coming to Chicago to trick or treat. We'll be here dressed in our skeleton onesies that we wear every single year. <laughs> Darling. Um, hi, everybody. So uh, as always, you can find a transcript of this episode just under our show description in the show notes. And if you're feeling so inclined and you've been listening and you're into it, please give us a rating and a review. Um, The reviews like that you actually write out and you say like, hey, I really like blah, blah, blah. Um, Those are super helpful. And we would really appreciate it if you're if you're feeling up for it. Also, guess what? What? We have listeners in the UK. (gasps) What? Like quite a few there after the U.S. That's our highest listener location. That's so exciting. And I can't even say that was like me listening to something when I was traveling because I didn't go to the U.K. So I was like, oh, these are people that aren't us. (laughs) I was so excited. Hello, United Kingdom. We love you. You're gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. So because it's spooky season and it's fall and it's just the best time of year and we're so excited. Uh, we're keeping this one a little bit light today and just a fun one. So today we are talking about the Magic Castle in Hollywood, California. So to start, the main sources I used for this are the Magic Castle's website, OBS, and an article called Hollywoodland, a site about Hollywood and its history, as well as a book called Gourmet Ghosts, Los Angeles by Ooh. James Bartlett. So I'll link all those in the show notes. Perfect. So the Magic Castle is an exclusive private club located at 7001 Franklin Avenue in Hollywood. It features a grand staircase, elegant ornate features such as a Tiffany chandelier. It has hidden doors and private rooms, and it serves as the clubhouse for the Academy of Magical Arts. And you can only enter if you're a member of the Academy or the guest of a member. Ah. But before it became known as the Magic Castle, it was the private home of Roland and Catherine Lane. And every time I hear Roland, I just think of Shit's Creek. I, so I was just going to say, the whole time I was doing these notes, all I could think was Roland Shit. That's amazing. I love I love that there's Rolands out there. Yeah. I don't know any, but hopefully maybe they'll listen to our podcast and then they can comment and be like, I'm a Roland. Rolands, this is your calling. It's your moment. Shout outs to all the Rolands. Yes. There I go with my R's. Built in 1909, the mansion is designed in the French Chateau or Gothic Renaissance style and sits at the foot of the Hollywood Hills atop a small hill tucked away from the busy street. So it's like a little bit off, you know, up on its own little private area. As it should be. Yeah. The original home had 17 rooms, including a rooftop garden, a sun parlor, fruit and storage rooms, a library, a parlor, and a billiard room, to name a few. I'm moving in. I know I want to. The Lanes named their home the Holly Chateau. Do you name your places that you live? I name my cars. Yeah, I feel like that's a common one. I mean, Matt and I did kind of name our place, but I can't say it because it it has the street name in it, and oh. I don't want to say that. <laughs> yeah, you can you can tell me later. Yeah, I, I name my cars. I name some other things too, but we don't have to go that route. Also, please edit out when I say dumb shit. <laughs> Will do. The Lanes were quite the couple back in the day. You could even say they were Hollywood's first power couple. 
Roland was a very successful lawyer as well as a banker, and he invested heavily in real estate, particularly in the San Fernando and San Joaquin Valleys. He played a huge role in their development. So that's obviously how he was able to get this place. Yeah, he had some cash. Okay. Okay. Between his property development and his participation on the Hollywood Board of Trade, he essentially helped build Hollywood. The Board of Trade was instrumental like as the studio systems were created and beginning to grow, and it also served as a means of connecting citizens with local businesses. Later, it became the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, which is still around today. Oh. And they're the ones responsible for the Walk of Fame. Okay. Just a little, just a little history. Does he have a star or anything? You know what? That's a great question. I'm going to pause okay. this and look it up. Great. Actually, I'm just going to keep cool. it going because uh, <laughs> it's too hard to move all the screens right now. Um, I don't think that I don't think the does Lanes he not meet the do. criteria maybe or I I don't even have to look it up because I just really, so the Chamber of Commerce is the one that was responsible for the Walk of Fame. He was on the Board of Trade. He was before oh, okay. it became the Chamber before of became Commerce. The chamber. So. Okay. Uh, Roland's wife Catherine was no slouch herself. She was a college graduate, which was a huge deal because during this time, higher education was reserved primarily for men. Men, yeah. And she was born in 1864, so she would have graduated like in the late 1800s. So that was a big accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah. In fact, when I was looking her up, that was the first thing that. Was came up for listed her. as her description. She was like, she was a college graduate. Uh, she was a teacher and a published author. Shout out. Get it, Catherine. And worked with a variety of community service organizations. She even served a term as president of the Woman's Club of Hollywood, which still exists today. And she her. was known as the tree lady because of her interest in community parks. So she's like a little Leslie Nope. Okay. I, I love this woman. I know. Already teacher, um, wrote a book, plants trees, loves trees. Uh, She is credited with procuring 360 cherry trees from Japan for planting in and around Griffith Park, as well as planting the palm trees that lined Wilshire Boulevard. So these palm trees were kind of iconic. Right. Sadly, the palm trees were removed just a few years ago to make room for a Metroline expansion. So that sucks. Um, I read that they were able to to relocate a lot of them, but not all. Uh, Roland and Catherine were very philanthropic and supported the arts and local artists, as well as civic improvement projects. And they also donated a ton of money to schools and charities. So they were just like, take some cash, take some cash. I love them. Can they, are they still? Oh no, they're, they're real dead. <laughs> well, you, you know, maybe they are ghosts. Well, we'll get to it. Okay. The Holly Chateau became one of the most recognized addresses in Hollywood. The couple hosted a ton of elaborate parties. Guests included orphans because they had an adopted son. And so they were all about like children and children's projects and orphanages and all of that. As well as orphans, they had artists, community leaders, world travelers. Very inclusive. Yes. They even hosted the Wisconsin delegates of the 1932 Olympics, Roland was from Wisconsin, so that okay. is why it was the Wisconsin Delicates. And so this is just a side note. So he was from Oshkosh, and Catherine's book that she published is called The Girl from Oshkosh, but she was not from Oshkosh. So that's just like a little fun fact. Okay. <laughs> One thing in my research that I found a little odd was that they wanted nothing to do with the movie industry or film stars. Despite 
their love of the arts and artists, they seem to avoid that industry as much as possible. I just thought that was interesting and weird. I, I do think that's interesting, but I also think that sometimes that's what makes like the best like um, supporter of those types of uh, like anything really is is when they're not heavily involved. They they appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't really find any more about that. So I just thought it was weird that they like did not care to you know, hobnob with the Hollywood elite, if you will. Uh, Roland and Catherine did hit a rough patch, unfortunately. In 1923, Catherine filed for divorce, citing cruelty and naming another woman. So it sounds like Roland had a little oh, side piece. Uh, Ro, not cool. Not cool. Not cool. But the two did reconcile. And apparently, <laughs> I didn't write this down, but uh, he was basically paying for his um what's the word indiscretions is that is that the word um infidelity yes that's it infidelities okay because he ended up having to take Catherine uh, and their son on uh some cruises and world tours and just basically Catherine was like all right if i'm going to stay you're going to pay oh i didn't even try to rhyme that that was great thank you on August 23rd, 1940, at 9.25 p.m., Roland had a stroke and died in a small corner bedroom of the house. I was not ready for that. I don't think he was either. <sighs> we'll talk later about how that room is now used because it is definitely used. This is so good that I I, I forgot that we're actually talking about the Magic Castle. And I <laughs> yeah. I forgot that it like still exists as something today. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Catherine died five years later in 1945 of congestive heart failure. She did not die in the house. She died at Glendale Sanitarium. After the couple passed away, the mansion underwent several changes throughout the years. First, it was converted into a multifamily home, then became a home for senior citizens. And after that, that's which is interesting because that's a callback to Knickerbocker. Knickerbocker, yep. After that, it was divided into several small apartments. Harry Styles, you know, I think I just swallowed really loud. It sounded like you said Harry Styles. And I was like, how did Harry get into this? <laughs> Harry Stafford, an actor of both stage and screen, was living in one of the apartments when he died in one of the rooms in 1950. Okay. All right. So now two people have died in there so far. The building went on the market and the Lane's adopted son, I think he was uh, taking care of it at the time. Roland Lane Jr., he had his mother-in-law, Hazel, stay in the building to meet prospective buyers. And one day, Bella Lugosi stopped by to look at the property. So just in case you're not aware, Bella Lugosi is most famous for portraying Count Dracula, but he was in a ton of other horror movies. And Hazel said that even though he was a gentleman, he scared the shit out of her. <laughs> she was you know, like, I think just that, just that demeanor and look. Mm-hmm, exactly. Bella did not end up buying the place, but in 1955, a man by the name of Thomas Glover did. The building was getting pretty run down and its fate was up in the air. So they weren't really sure what was going to happen with it. He wasn't sure what he was going to do with it. Meanwhile, a man by the name of Milt Larson was sitting in his office on the ninth floor of an office building on the corner of Hollywood and Highland. Milt was a writer for the game show Truth or Consequences on NBC. His office happened to overlook the Lane Mansion. And as he watched it change over the years, he noted that nothing was really being done with it. By the end of the 1950s, 
It was just kind of sitting there. He started creating a vision, didn't he? That's when he got an idea. Mm-hmm. Milt's father, William Larson Sr., was a renowned magician and also an attorney, side note. And before William Larson Sr. passed away, he had always dreamed of building an elegant private clubhouse for fellow magicians. So Milt, who was his youngest son, contacted Thomas Glover, the owner at the time, and convinced him to let him turn the building into a magician's clubhouse. Milt and his brother Bill, an accomplished magician and big-shot producer for CBS, he produced a ton of shows. They obtained the house, and in September of 1961, the brothers, along with a crew of friends and volunteers, began renovating it to restore it back to its original elegance. How did they, did they have, you know, pictures? There are pictures of when the house was being built and all of that kind of thing, but they actually uh, used pieces from all over the place. I don't go too much into it, but like the chandelier came from one place. The lights that lead up to the path came from a bridge in Pasadena, I believe. I just want to bring up the little chandelier because if you recall in the Knickerbocker, um, there was a chandelier that is still there today. It's all related. But what to call their new clubhouse? A few months before they opened, they had a brainstorming session to come up with names. A few of the ideas they threw out were Cabaret Maison, Skeleton Key Club, oh. Cabaret Cadaver, which is just funny to me, <laughs> Ooh, okay. and Maison de Mystery and Castle Cabaret. Oh, I really like that Maison de Mystery. Yeah, I do like that. At 5 o'clock p.m. on January 2nd, 1963, the Magic Castle opened its doors for the first time. It has become world famous and is known as the Mecca for Magicians. The Academy of Magical Arts was started by the Larsons as well, with a mission of promoting the art of magic and encouraging fellowship. Fun fact, Neil Patrick Harris served two terms as Academy president. Wow. Other famous faces that were members of the Academy at one time or another include Johnny Carson, Liberace, Mae West, Drew Barrymore, and Steve Martin. Some big names. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just to name a few, Cary Grant was even on the board of directors at one time. As you can guess, an evening at the Magic Castle involves a number of magic shows. They happen all throughout the building, including at the bars, of which there are five, in a small close-up gallery, as well as larger theaters within the clubhouse. So magic is everywhere. Uh, But besides the designated magic shows, guests have been known to experience some unintentional thrills as well. Several, and I'm saying several, deaths have occurred in the building since it became the magic castle since the original owner died yeah there's been two that we know of that you've spoken of so So far far, yeah and when you've got a bunch of deaths in a building that's over a hundred years old you know that place is haunted as fuck i mentioned earlier that the home's original owner roland lane died in one of the rooms there that room is now known as the houdini seance room This is, yep, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, she's, just wait, because I'm going to bring Knickerbocker back again. Oh my gosh. I had a heart palpitation just then. If you'll remember, Kale told us about how Houdini's widow, Bess, conducted a seance every year for 10 years to try to bring her husband back, or make contact with her husband, I should say. Well, as it turns out, William Larson Sr., Milton Bill's dad, worked for Bess, and he collected a bunch of Houdini memorabilia over the years. 
So Milt and Bill created the Houdini seance room as an homage to their father, as well as Bess and Houdini. And the room is filled with that memorabilia. Shut the front door of that room because that just gave me chills. Yeah, I have not been in that room and I have to go. I have to go. Oh, we're, we have, I am going now. I'm, I, put me in your purse or whatever. Let's book it. Let's book it. It's happening. But the room is reported to be haunted by at least three different spirits. There is, of course, Roland Lane. Okay. The original owner who died in that room. A young girl and a man have also been spotted. I mean, who knows? The The man could be that actor, Harry Stafford, right. that I mentioned, because he died in one of the rooms there, but I don't know which one. Okay. I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, the club's first resident medium, E. Raymond Carlyle, is said to have materialized his own daughter who had died just a few days prior. So she could be the little girl that people see. And more recently, a medium by the name of Misty Lee said that while she was conducting a seance, she noticed a dark figure standing behind one of the guests. And so she thought it was just a staff member playing a prank. So after they do the whole seance and everything and the group is getting up, she goes up to that guest and mentions it. And she's probably like, hey, hope they didn't freak you out too much. You know, I think one of the employees here was just having a little fun. And the guest said, Oh, I've had a dark figure following me my entire life. Um, okay. <laughs> That's spooktastic. And also, I just want to like maybe put this out there. Perhaps all the Knickerbocker seances worked only Houdini was showing up at the Magic Castle. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe things, maybe the wires just got crossed. We don't yeah, know. We don't know. Guests in the Houdini room have also reported candles and chairs moving on their own, as well as the table lifting off the floor. Oh. So, so just some casual things happening there. Just cash. Yeah. Just your everyday Tuesday. And then listen to this. So in, in the afternoon of Halloween 2011, a crew was working on the roof of the castle and a roofer's blowtorch fell over and started a fire. <sighs> There was extensive damage to the attic and the third floor, mostly water damage from trying to put the the fire out. Okay. The room directly underneath where the fire started was the Dante room, named for Dante the magician. It was destroyed. The Houdini room, on the other hand, was completely unscathed. And interestingly enough, Houdini did not like Dante. Houdini working that magic. And Milt Larson pointed out something he found interesting. He said, so if we remember, Houdini died on Halloween, Mm -hmm. as Kale mentioned in the last episode. And the fire occurred on Halloween. And when the fire department gave the time of the fire, it was exactly almost to the minute when Houdini had died 85 years earlier. That is freaking amazing. Other figures have been spotted in the Palace of Prestidigitation, which is one of the venues inside the clubhouse. It's believed one of these figures is a man by the name of Di Vernon. He was a beloved magician in residence there and performed pretty much every night for almost 30 years. He did not die inside the Magic Castle, but his ashes are kept there on a shelf outside the theater. Did you see them? Uh, Not the ashes, but where they were kept. The thing is, I don't think I knew that story then, so I wasn't looking for that. Okay. Now, that's the thing. After I researched all this, I'm like, okay, now I have to go back and, like, find all this stuff. Again, just slide me in your purse. Yep. 
1986, a magician named Chris Michaels was getting ready to go on stage to perform when he died backstage just sitting in a chair. Someone went up to him to give him his cue. Hey, stop. Yeah, yeah. And that's when they realized he was dead. So now when anything goes wrong, especially if it happens backstage, everyone blames Chris. They're just like, oh, spotlight's out. Chris's fault, which is just rude. <laughs> I, I mean... I just hope that when I die, people don't blame my spirit for things going wrong. I mean, I feel like if somebody were to be like, oh, you know, the the door opened, Kaylee's just whatever, Kaylee, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I would rather they credit me if something like if they had a really nice glass of champagne or if they see a cute dog, then they could be like, oh, Kate must have sent that. I'm just telling everyone now when you have a really nice glass of champs, you can thank me. I, I will thank you for that. But if if for some reason you, you know, your door opens and it's a bewildered moment, you can just say, that must be Kale. I will. <laughs> um, it's believed Chris is another one of the figures that has been spotted in the Palace of Prestidigitation. Guests have also reported having lovely conversations with the really nice bartender at the Hat in the Hair pub located in the basement of the clubhouse. These conversations have supposedly taken place on a weekday, but that bar is only open on Friday and Saturday nights. Oh. So this friendly bartender is believed to be the ghost of Lauren Tate, who was a bartender there before he passed away. And fairly recently, in just 2017, another beloved magician, Daryl Easton, died by suicide at the Magic Castle. He had been performing there that week, and his body was found in a closet. He didn't go missing? Or, I mean, how, how did that happen? I, I don't They just said that they found him in a closet. But he did wow. die by suicide at the castle. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah. He was an award-winning close-up magician with over 40 years' experience. Oh. And I didn't find anything related to, like, hauntings by him. Mm -hmm. But I include him because it's, it's another death that's occurred there. Right. Uh, another ghostly sighting comes in the form of a little girl in the basement running up and down the hallway of what is known as the haunted cellar. That's very poltergeist-like. Um, but perhaps the most famous ghost of the castle is that of Irma, the resident piano player. Irma. Now, I read two different accounts of Irma, and I'm going to relay them both to you, and you can decide which I one. Get to decide. You. Okay. Yeah. This that was great. I so the first one comes from an article I read on Ranker. It states that Irma was a frequent guest at the home of Roland and Catherine Lane in the early 1900s. The Lanes owned a baby grand piano, and whenever Irma came over, she loved to sit and play. Roland, however, was not a fan of piano music, which is weird since he's supposed to be a huge supporter of the arts. So he moved the piano up to the, to the third floor so Irma and other guests wouldn't see it and get the urge to play. Irma took this as a personal insult. She was like, if you're going to prevent me from playing piano in life, then you can bet I'm going to play nonstop in death. And she vowed that when she died, she would come back and haunt the mansion. Just lay her heart out. She died in 1932. And when the Magic Castle opened in 1963, the piano was moved back downstairs. And Irma has been entertaining guests nightly ever since. You go, Irma. The second Irma tale comes from Milt, Lars Milt Larson himself. According to Milt, Irma was born in Chicago, what, what, in 1857, the oldest of seven kids. 
She fell in love with music at a young age and began playing the piano. And when her family moved from Chicago to Hollywood, they lived on Franklin Avenue near the lanes and they became family friends. Roland and Catherine discovered what a talented musician she was and would often ask her to perform recitals at their home. Irma fell in love with the house and the baby grand piano and vowed to return after her death just so she could keep playing. I have already, as soon as you told me the Chicago, I have already come up with my um, decision on which story to believe. And it would have to be number two. And I say that because I feel that she is playing Sweet Home Chicago (laughs) and she's just having the little time of her life. Yeah, this is the one I believe too, because I don't think Irma is a vengeful ghost. I think no, she's a happy ghost. I think she's a happy ghost. Yeah. yeah, for sure. She just wants to entertain people. Yeah. Guests of the Magic Castle can witness invisible Irma's musical talents nightly as she has a room dedicated just to her and her music. Oh, I love that. You can little, literally request any song, any song, and she will start playing it immediately. Yeah, she will. She just loves it. Yeah. Little piano. Now, Milt admits that Irma might have a little, shall we say, technical help. However, he swears that one night shortly after the Magic Castle opened, it was storming really bad out and he didn't want to risk driving home through the storm. So he decided to sleep on the sofa in his office. Oh, boy. And in the middle of the night, he woke up to a loud clap of thunder and all the power went out. And he looked out the window. He said that the power throughout the whole neighborhood was out. It was, you know, it was just like a blackout. And then the piano started to play. And he was like, this is impossible. The piano requires electricity to operate. But it was definitely playing. He grabs a flashlight. He goes downstairs. As soon as he reaches the bottom of the grand staircase, the music stops. Because he had a flashlight. So it's just an interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Staff members swear that they've also heard the piano playing when no guests are in the building, like when they're closing up. And I like to think Irma just wants to entertain them while they're finishing their work day. Yeah, I think she's a happy ghost. I think yeah. she wants to calm you during a storm. She wants to make your work day go a little faster. That's all. She wants to end out your day with music and sound. Yeah. <laughs> Employees of the castle have also reported hearing footsteps and lots of talking when no one else is in the building. That's probably the most common one that I've heard or that I read about. I was going to say, is it me? Because I talk to myself when I'm walking all the time. But it's like, it's like not like one person. It's like oh, a group people. noise. Like, yeah, like a group okay, of people. Okay. Um, and it always seems to be coming from the flir- from the third. <laughs> why, is, why is that hard to say? From the third floor. <laughs> which used to be the bedrooms of the original family. And now it's where the dining room, the Dante room and the Houdini seance seance room are. So that's where they hear all the noise. Guests and employees have also reported the feeling that someone is following them up the staircase only to turn around and there's no one there. Or they feel something brush up against them as they're walking up the stairs. But again, no one is there. And if you want to experience the Magic Castle for yourself, you either need to be a member of the Academy of Magical Arts or know someone who is. And rumor has it that if you book a room at the Magic Castle Hotel directly through the hotel's website, you can gain entry to the castle. I haven't stayed in the hotel. Um, I have been to the castle. But after reading about it, I have got to stay at this hotel. Okay, that's it. You're doing a field trip. Field trip. They have a popsicle hotline. Have you ever heard of such a thing? 
We're wait. How do you like a popsicle hotline? They talk about popsicles or. <laughs> They give you a popsicle. <laughs> so out by the pool, there's a red phone and you just pick it up and someone on the other end says, popsicle hotline. And you get you a popsicle? Say, yeah, I want a popsicle. And then someone brings you a popsicle. We are a thousand percent taking a field trip there. Yes, we are. And if you do plan an evening at the Magic Castle, take note that it is unfortunately not wheelchair accessible. There is no elevator. And the same goes for the hotel. So that's something I really hope they upgrade because that seems like a real miss. Right. Absolutely. No photos are allowed inside and they have a very strict dress code. You can't be schlubbing it at the castle. You got to fancy it up. I mean, they have a Tiffany chandelier, right? Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get classy. I like a good fan, so I am I am here for it, and I am Same. ready to book this today. Same, uh, but first, make sure you know the magic words so the secret door located in the entryway will open to let you in. I'm gonna tell you the secret words. I think you should whisper it. I will, but even if I didn't tell you, you can just look it up because it's all over the internet. Okay. So you lean into the owl on the shelf and you say, "Open." Sesame. You're welcome. I literally just put my ear up to the mic. Did you see what I did? I certainly did. I was like, what's she doing? (laughs) (laughs) I got confused that I was actually wearing headphones and then I put, uh, okay, well, that was, that's precious, but open sesame. Yep. Open sesame. Um, I, I have been a couple of times actually, and It never disappoints. If you are entertained by magic in the slightest, and even if you're not, put it on your bucket list. It is an exceptional experience. And there's just like cool stories. Like you just talk to these magicians who just hang out there and just tell you stories. I'm so entertained by this by this episode and and this story that I feel like I kind of want to look into becoming a magician. I love learning. I'm not going to lie. After I went, I was like, okay, I'm obviously going to become a magician. I'm obviously going to join this academy. Um, I am not a magician and it's a lot of money to join. (laughs) So I, so I crossed that off of my to-do list, but you do need to go visit if you have the means and you're able because it's amazing. I mean, would they accept like magician by working with kids? Because as a teacher, I think we automatically get to wear the hat of magician. You're working magic every day. I really am. But no, they don't. And uh, you can be an associate. That's the thing. If you've got the cash, then there's a way. Right. But I will say pretty much Everyone in L.A. knows someone who can get them into the castle. So if you just like befriend someone in L.A., just be like, hey, how do I get into the castle? Because it can happen. Or stay at that hotel. I tell you what, after the last couple episodes, I'm just going to update my dating app to say like believes in magic, believes in ghosts. Hit me up. HMU. You will definitely get some responses. Great. And I, I would like to see them. Oh, Absolutely. My dating life is your dating life. (laughs) I hope not, God. (laughs) I I have some really great stories. I know too many of your stories. Um, But that's the Magic Castle. Did you like it, people? Tell us. Write us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Or follow us on Instagram and Facebook or TikTok at Horrorwood Podcast or Twitter at Horrorwood Pod. Or send us an email at horrorwoodpodcast at gmail.com.
Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. We love you and you're magnificent. And um, also, stay magical, misfits. Open sesame. Thank you.